You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to The Dev Show. I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of Your Goal Guide and founder of The Dev Method, which is my system for goal setting simplified. My vision is to give you the tools, inspiration, and motivation you need to figure out what you want and help you make a plan to get it. Let's get started. Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me today. Today, we're talking about food. Okay, we're talking about nourishment, but nourishment, food, mind, body, spirit. It's going to be a wonderful conversation. I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of Your Goal Guide and creator of The Dev Method for Goal Setting Simplified. And every week, I bring in three awesome people to dive into the topic of the week. And then on Thursday, it magically becomes an episode of the Dev Show podcast, which, by the way, is now on the Marketing Podcast Network. So if you're new finding us, welcome. We are so happy you're here and choosing your goals. And like I said before, today we're talking about nourishment. And I'm hungry already thinking about the conversation. (laughs) And today I've got some wonderful guests. We have Natasha Feldman, Nash with Tahash, and Mikhail Levinson from Season Moments, and Nikki Pittman, who's the director of Shemesh Farms, and I'll let her explain what that is, but you're all cool people, and you all love food and community, and hence why we are all here today, and I would love for you all to just take a minute and tell people, it's going to say more about you, but basically tell people about you, because all they know as of now is that you're awesome, and you love food, and really, (laughs) what else matters? (laughs) So, Dahash, let's start with you. Please share who you are, why you're here, and so excited about this topic. Yay. All right. Well, I'm Natasha <laughs> Feldman. You could also call me Tosh if that's better for you. Um, I work in food media. So I do all kinds of stuff from like food styling, um, recipe curation. I do a lot of um, producing food content, hosting food content. I wrote a book that's about to come out. So basically anything that has to do with food um, that lives on the internet, on a TV, in a book is sort of my bag. Uh, After culinary school, you know, you can, there's a traditional route of like going into restaurants, which I tried a little bit. And I was like, "Eh, that's not exactly it. So pivoted and sort of discovered this really fun niche of food media um, and have been doing that for a decade and a half and happy to be here. And anybody who could make a career out of something that they love and find follow that slippery slope to find a happy place, it, it I'm all about the goals. You know, when you know who you are and what you love and see where that path takes you, that's really, you know, what having a fun, nourished, enriched, fulfilled life is all about. And one of the things that, that I love is I get these opportunities to meet awesome people and basically... I mentioned Michal to Tosh and Tosh to Michal. And then I said, okay, you, you guys have to be on a show together. And you will see why 
in a second <laughs> as I bring Michal on to introduce yourself. Okay, so I'm Michal Levison. I am the founder of Season Moments, and I use food and positive psychology-centered programs to help companies shift their corporate culture. Uh, basically, I help them engage and retain their employees. Um, some of my main topics are burnout prevention and enhancing work-life integration, because I don't believe that there's a work-life balance. Um, and I help create happier and more productive humans and teams give talks, workshops, retreats. I actually started this whole concept um, working with families. So for uh, almost 10 years, I worked exclusively with families, helping them get into the kitchen, you know, find food, cook food, and then eat together. And now I'm doing it on a, on a larger scale with companies and also with um, larger organizations. And it's a shame you don't love what you do. <laughs> no, it's terrible. <laughs> it, it, it's, I feel like you, you all, and this is going to be a common theme. It's like your own choose your own adventure, right? Yes. Um, and anybody who knows me knows that the food comes up in the conversation, at least, well, in every single one of these shows <laughs> at some point, just sometimes it comes up a little bit sooner than others, but it, there's that bonding that comes yeah. with food. And I love that you up level that. Yeah. So and so well. I'm actually, I'm embarking on a new research project. I'm trying to bring more science behind the work that I've done. So I know from results that I've gotten with companies and with families that eating together, sharing food together builds relationships. And now I'm actually embarking on a full on study to see if we can show that this really happens, because no one has done it before. No one has measured it. No one has operationalized it. So that's what I'm trying to do now. Okay. It completely baffles me that no one has done that before, but yay that it gets to be you. <laughs> yes, it's very exciting. Awesome. Well, I, I look forward to learning more. I, I'm going to swab in Nikki over here. Nikki Pittman, welcome. Please share who you are and why you are so excited to be here. Oh, wow. Um, so my <laughs> name is Nikki Pittman. I'm the director of Shemish Farms, which is a program in social enterprise under the umbrella of the Shalom Institute uh, here in Malibu, California. And um, I feel very fortunate. I just came to this position in mid-July of, of 2022 after living away from LA and after being away from my camp, JCA, for a long, long time. And so I came home. I came home to LA. I came home to JCA. So I'm super excited about that. What I love, love, love about my my work is that it is all about tikkun olam. It's all about repairing the world. And it is with working with food from the get-go. So we are a small farm. We're actually a it's a misnomer. We're a large garden, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's it's just an incredible treat. And what our social enterprise is comprised of is this herb farm. We used to have an apiary when we were up at Shalom Institute, which burned during the Woolsey Fire in um, November of 2018. And we fortunately got to move down to the Malibu Jewish Center and Synagogue, uh, just about a mile north of Pepperdine University. And we started because there was no programming for young adults um, after 22 who had diverse abilities. 
and special needs. And so our program started at Shalom Institute, and it also coincided with the time where our executive director, Rabbi Bill Kaplan, went to Israel with the Jewish Federation and had gone to two kibbutzim that were run by people who were neurodiverse and um, came back. And we started to work with the animals that we had and the garden that we had and some other programs at camp. And then it turned into the focus became about the farm, the actual herb farm. And so we decided to turn that into an enterprise that would provide employment for people with diversity so that they could work at their own pace in their own way. Some some of our farm fellows, that's what we call our workers, are um, are nonverbal. Some are verbal, some are dexterous, some are non-dexterous, some have wheelchairs or walkers or other uh, things going on. And so we are a place where everybody gets to be themselves. And Shemesh means sun, and we created a new tagline this year called Because the Sun Shines on All of Us. And so that we're here for everyone. And the beauty of the farm is that everybody does work at their own pace um, with whatever they can do. And they get to choose where they want to work on the farm, whether it's planting and harvesting or composting or sorting or crushing or curating recipes in the kitchen and then packeting them or, or bottling them in our office and sending them out on orders. And um, it's just the atmosphere is just one of joy. Like who doesn't want to do this every day? It's the, probably one of the most amazing jobs I ever had. And I'm a director, actress, writer, producer by trade. So <laughs> it's just like the Homish book. It's, it's pretty amazing. Wow. It, and it's that spark really is what it's all about. And it's another way of community through food, which Absolutely. is really what, isn't that what nourishment is all about? Is nourish mind, body, spirit, etc. Um, oh, okay. So before we go on, I feel like now I should announce that I've got a new podcast coming on May 2nd called Taste Buds with Deb. I don't know, perhaps we could expect these three wonderful individuals on it. I'm really excited. It's going to be part of the Jewish Journal Podcast Network, which I should add is how I met Nikki and Hash to writing articles on them. And Mikhail, your article is coming soon. But this whole topic of it. And so I met Mikhail because I interviewed her for another story I was writing. And we were talking about what would be a good food topic that wasn't food. And nourishment is what came up. Because when you're thinking about nourishment, it's not just your body. It's your mind and your spirit, which, again, feels like a common theme for, for everybody on the call today. But I would love to hear from you all. What is your definition of nourishment? Natasha? It's really interesting that we're talking about this today. I was on a panel earlier in the week and somebody from the audience specifically asked me what my definition of nourishment was. And I was like, I don't understand what steps in your brain happen to get you to this question. But that when I thought about it for, you know, the one second that you get, I realized that when we're children and then into adulthood, if it's not something that you actively think about, nourishment means like eating fruits and vegetables like it's a basic you know your plate is a circle and half of its vegetables and or you know the the whatever the pyramid that now we threw that in the garbage um but really what i think nourishment is 
is being able to live a life that's really fueled by your community. Um, one that really like surrounds you, builds you up, lets you feel like you can really be who you are, especially in this like ever growing, uh, you know, singular internet world where our like brains aren't quite wired to know anything other than like small tribal community. And yet we have like the reach of every human in the world. Um, and, and so kind of taking it back to the very fundamental building blocks. I, and I talk about that in, in my book, the dinner party project too, about this sort of idea of Maslow's hierarchy of needs and how it used to make sense. And, and then the internet came and now we kind of don't know what's up or down. And the, the, my favorite way to make that happen is through food and eating together and doing these like, uh, dinner parties. So, so nourishment is dinner parties but only because it is the backbone that allows you to really feel connected to your community it's not broccoli <laughs> but broccoli is so yummy <laughs> it really is but yeah i just it's like i feel like one of the things that kind of that is kind of a bummer is that you're sort of told like if you eat all of these things you're going to feel nourished if you do all of these things like that is the that's the secret to a happy life. And, and it's, it's so different for every single person. And just focusing on like exercising and eating, I think is a very like small way of looking at what it means to be nourished as a human. I think it's also a very American way of looking at. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I like, I hate to say it. So I'm Israeli, so I come from a very different culture um, and in this country, we just we break food into its nutrients, right? Into like yeah. what minerals are in this food, what vitamins, and we're eat. But no one sits down for a, a plate of vitamins and minerals, right? Mm -hmm. we, we sit down to, to a meal that you know is cooked with love and with care. And so nourishment, I think, in this country has been completely just twisted into this like well i need to get 700 grams of this you know b vitamins and i and it, and it's it's become this calculation as opposed to here's food that makes me feel good and i think we've taken the emotion out of it and that's you know, that's what nourishment is right it's this whole the holistic view of being nourished it is mind body spirit and yes, the, there's the physical aspect of actual food and, and, you know, hopefully you eat a balanced, mostly, you know, fresh food and not a lot of processed stuff, but really it's also the connections that you build. So Martin Seligman um, came up with a well-being framework called PERMA, which stands for positive emotion, engagement, relationships, um, meaning and achievement. And I... I see nourishment as really like you can find every aspect of, of well-being in food, whether you're preparing it, whether you're going out and planting, whether you're growing your food, whether you're going, I call it forage fire feast, whether, however you forage for your food, whether it's at the supermarket or at the farm, however you fire it in the kitchen and you cook and hopefully you cook together for me it's what i've been doing with my kids since they were literally babies my daughter cooked her first scrambled eggs months before she could walk um, 
And it's true. And we were like, is there something wrong with her legs? She's, <laughs> She's not walking. But at 10 months old, she scrambled eggs. <laughs> she could stand. Um, and then the way we eat together and the way that we connect, because food is memory and food uh, is so much more than just um, putting things in our body to to fill our stomachs, which is what it has become, you know, yeah. especially yeah. here in this country. Yeah, I remember um, reading somebody wrote, um, you know, you can eat as much broccoli as you want going back to Tosh, you know, but that doesn't mean you're going to feel connected to the people and the environment and the world around you or yourself even, right? And um, and I think that's such, it's such an important part of nourishment is what fills you, what fuels you and, 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 and how you, how you feel like, I, I, I know for myself, if I eat foods that are kind of crappy, like if I eat a lot of sugar, for me, that's just not good. If I eat some sugar, it's great. It's not a problem, but you know, it's so much more than that. And it's so much more about how we connect with our, our food itself. Like, you know, being in the garden every day touching the food that you're actually going to make is it makes such a difference and we work with a company called circa cultivation they um because our our garden is also it's in soil but we have hydroponic towers and that well, hydroponic towers are amazing for so many different reasons but their company is called circa because in spanish circa means near or close to and they're all about bringing people closer to their food nearer to their food, because they think we've lost a sense of that with everything with, you know, I mean, I'm so grateful for, for Zoom and, and platforms like it, but there's nothing like we know being with people, like physically being with people, right. Or, or physically being in, you know, smelling food, the, the smell of food, like you said, the memory or, or the feeling that it brings up or the joy that it brings up um, and, and sitting around a table. Whether you're breaking bread or, or you're eating a, I don't know, a granola bar, whatever it's going to be, <laughs> doesn't really matter. <laughs> right? It's the connection, and it's it's the connection to all things, depending on what's needed. Yeah, it's really funny because my next question was going to be, what is the tie between nourishment and community? But you all just answered it in your <laughs> definition of community. So I guess I'm going to ask a different question, which is what is it about food that really, really attracted you? What got you into the food space, as it were? Um, Mikhail? So I, I've been in the kitchen since I was uh, also very, very young. My mom, I mean, bless her. I don't know why she decided that this was a good thing to do. But when each one of us three children turned five, she gave us a step stool and a cookbook and said, have at it in the kitchen and gave us free reign for two hours, each one alone. You know, we each got our own day in the kitchen. And then I'm pretty sure she spent eight hours cleaning up afterwards. But she really gave us this spark for food. And I mean, I, I my one of my first memories at all in, in life is a food memory where I'm sitting in my grandmother's kitchen and she has a giant pot that I'm pretty sure I could have fit into. And you're, you know, taking the greens off of the strawberries to make this giant vat of strawberry jam uh, or preserves. And so I, I've just always had a passion and love of food. And I think that being a foreigner, um, food was also a way to bridge a lot of 
uh, divides. And that, that's been a big part of my work is really using food, not to other people, but to actually bring people in and to find connections. So for me, I, I always talk about how there, every culture has a stuffed dough, right? Like there's pierogies in Poland, there's empanadas, there's uh, dumplings. There, every culture has some sort of stuffed dough. And if, if we can come together and see the commonalities that we all have through food, um, my favorite thing to say is, you know, we don't have everything in common, but we all have to eat. And so if we can come to the table, literally pull up chairs to the table and then sit together and see what, what unites us and to share in the joy of other cultures, that is the, that is the be all and end all for me in terms of how I think that food really um, can, can make the world even smaller. <laughs> it, it does indeed. And everything everybody's I completely agree with. I love Zoom because of Zoom and StreamYard and all these other toys. I get to meet people like you all over the world. Now, Tasha and I, I think we figured out we live like a mile away from each other, which is yeah. absolutely ridiculous. But, but in the same room is even closer, right? But finding that connection, but sharing those food memories, um, which is why I love writing about it as well, because I get to share people's food stories and in turn become a part of them. Yeah. So Dahash, what about you? What sparked your food love? You know, I am the opposite of Michal. When my mom tried to get me to go to the farmer's market as a kid, I was not interested. When she was cooking dinner, I was not interested. I was the kid that like they, they would turn the TV on and every time I got distracted enough, they would put food in my mouth because they were like, she needs to eat something. Like I really did not care about food at all. And then I got to college and I was like, oh, I don't have a mom to like cook me good food anymore. You know, <laughs> it's like, I, you'd think that that would have been very obvious, but I was like, where's my dinner? You know, like this is food. It sort of, it didn't really, uh, it's it's so strange to say, but it, it didn't occur to me that like my standards of food were going to be so different from other people's just like based on my mom's like love and appreciation of produce and like living in places where we had access to really, great stuff. Like I grew up in Lake Oswego, Oregon. So we would like, you know, pick wild blackberries and marionberries and like all these stuff just like on a walk, you know? So, but then I got to college and I was like, this is not food. Like what is happening here? Um, you know, you go to the farmer's market here, you buy a thing of berries and it's like $12. Like, would you like, give me your kidney and I'll give you this fruit. It just didn't, you know, I, I, I had to sort of learn at, I was like, okay, well, if I'm going to have a certain like caliber of, of what I want to eat, then like I have to learn how to do it. Um, and I discovered in like in the kind of like learning from nothing that it was the most fun and, and it's such instant gratification. And then after the instant gratification, when you get to feed people, there's another layer of gratification, you know? And it's like, you have to eat every day. You have to eat multiple times a day. And it just seems, you know, it, it's like one of those instant dopamine effects. And it's really just, you can always, you're always learning. 
Um, you're always like meeting new people. And I, you know, I just sort of started playing around and then decided at one point that I wanted to do it professionally. So went to culinary school and then, you know, worked as a assistant to all different kinds of like cooking class instructors and this and that and um, kind of like figured it out over time. But it really, it was like, and, and this is something that I, I feel like I tell people all the time because, um, you know, I have friends in their mid thirties and they're like, well, I never, I never cared about cooking. Like now I kind of want to cook. It's too late. And I was like, it's not too late. Like I didn't know the difference between a zucchini and a cucumber, you know, when I was in college until, until I started shopping, you know? Um, and, and I think it's one of those things that if you are able to, it's, it's a daily practice of letting your ego, like, you know, kind of sit somewhere else. It's a daily practice of being mindful because you don't, can't cut yourself, you know, it's, and there's, there's like so much goodness in it. And if it becomes something that, that you like, you know, it really, it really is a, a constant reminder to like reevaluate and kind of like get back in, in, in the place that you want to be. And yeah, it was just, it was sort of like one day out of the blue. And then I just was like, okay, well, not, not so out found of the blue. It. Not so out of the blue. And I, I will not say on this particular show, but I will admit sometime in the future, I came to love cooking much later than you did. So because I grew up spoiled because my mom loved to cook. So why bother? Right. But again, the story for another time. It's that the love, the community, but the reward that you get food at the end of it is one thing. The other thing that I love about it is that you can't do anything else while you're cooking. I mean, except for having a conversation. You can't and watching TV. Right. You cannot be connected to a computer or a phone <laughs> and cook. A hazard. Yeah. I love this conversation. I love these stories so much. And um, and it's interesting. There's so many things going on in my brain because I'm I've been single for a long time. And I love to cook. And I, what I love most is cooking and then bringing it, like creating a beautiful table and sharing the food, right? Like that's, that's, and so being single, I'm like the Paula Poundstone over the kitchen sink kind of person, you know? And, and so, um, but I so enjoy. An icon though, you know? <laughs> right? Um, but I, I so enjoy, like my favorite, probably my favorite hobby is going out to coffee, you know? Like I, to sit at a table with somebody over you know, something is such a joy. Um, and then, Michal, you were talking about, um, you know, how like the dough, right? A filled dough is, I, I started a program. I, I was a teacher for many years. And, and at my old school, I started a program called Born and Bread, celebrating the mosaic of America. And it, we would have the kids in one grade level write a whole thing with their parents about their, their, their cultural background and come mm -hmm. up with a bread from their background and music and this kind of thing. And we would have a whole day and the kids would get passports and we'd set up these tables and, and the parents would bring in bread or make bread. You know, there'd be soda bread and there'd be pita bread and there'd be, you know, all kinds of breads because we all break bread and yeah. we would have music and dancing and games and stories. And, and that's, that's this, like listening to your stories is just so 
it's so heartening. And that's the connecting piece. And I think we all have food stories. Like I could tell you why I don't eat asparagus or broccoli because I had mommy dearest moments and my mom was wonderful, but those weren't good things. Broccoli strikes again. I know. Well, I know broccoli. Did I say broccoli? I meant Brussels sprouts. I can't eat broccoli. Oh. I love okay. broccoli. Hail broccoli. But, uh, <laughs> you know, but then I think about like my grandma just making egg noodles with cottage cheese that was comfort food or you know, the smell of Mrs. Nichols cookies, oatmeal cookies next door, you know, like it's so tied to hail broccoli is so tied to memory and connection yeah. and what, what, what feeds us, what nourishes us, you know, those times with friends, those times with families. I think it's so important. Yeah. And yes. I think it's, it's interesting to sort of like weave together what you're saying, Nikki, with how, and Michal essentially said this as well, like the modern American society is is not one that prizes taking time at the end of a day or like gives you enough time in the day to like cook or even give you like enough disposable income to feel like it's reasonable to just invite friends over and feed them. And, and being able to sort of evaluate that and see, um, what you can do and what's reasonable for your particular life to find ways to do it uh, is, yeah. is really, is really special and important and leads to all of those sort of like memories and your life is just, you know, little memories after little memories. So. absolutely. Yeah. So, so Nikki, we never got your answer to the question, which is what brought you to food? Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I got hired. <laughs> I mean, you know, what, so, so I think, you know, what's different, I mean, clearly very different about, you know, what Tasha Michal do is, is that, that we are, we're an herb farm and, and, and we had an apiary and our bees are farmed out. So we jar our honey on site. And the, the thing is, is that when we we're all working in community and we might be working in separate places on the farm and at our own pace. But when you get a bunch of us all around a table and we're sorting the herbs, right? Like you have to take the leaves off the stems and, and then you dry them. Conversation happens, right? And we encourage everyone to smell what they're working with, to taste what they're working with. And it just, I think there's something so incredibly delightful about this social enterprise, right? And and the social part is is that we're we're doing good. We're we're connecting people, and we're connecting people with the earth, which is oh so important. You know, we we have a reading, um, we have opening meetings at the beginning of our day, and we read our Shomri Adama, our promise that we're the keepers of the earth, and a land acknowledgement that this wasn't our land and, and that we need to be stewards of that and take care of that. And I think we are, you know, as I said before, we are disconnected from our food. You go to a grocery store and things are wrapped, you know, or you like, sometimes I'm just sort of in awe and disgusted with the fact you go to a grocery store and there's so much, there's just, there's almost too much, right. Of, of everything. And that's why I think it, farmers markets are so important and why just having a little garden or a pot of basil is so important is just to, to really connect with it. Or even if you, you've bought all your things, right. And you've taken them out of the package too. Like you talked about, Tosh, about being mindful about cutting, you know, just slicing things and, and, and taking our time with that. And then recognizing that, you know, 
a farmer over here produced this and a cow over there produced that. And, you know, like, oh my God, and all these things have come together and they've come into this, this one recipe and then into the greater meal. You know, we're so interconnected. I just, I don't, so how I came to, I got hired for this darn job, which I didn't know a thing about. And I love like, that's amazing. Nikki, do you guys sell the herbs? Do you dry the herbs? Thank you for asking that. Yeah. So we, we, we crush the herbs individually. We curate the herbs into um, herb blend recipes, typically with some uh, Himalayan pink salt or with some kosher salt. And then we package them right now. We just do packets, but we have done bottles and we sell them on our online store. We're in like six boutique stores around the country. We've, done farmers markets before the pandemic. We've been doing specialty markets um, and special events. We'll do event orders, you know, gifts and that kind of a thing. Um, and it's it's very cool. And then we have very fun names for our herbs. So we've got, like, we just made a, a pickle starter recipe. It's called mm. In a Pickle. We have <laughs> a beautiful uh, blend for Passover called Carpus DM. Um, <laughs> names are, we came up with a new tea blend this year, and it's called Tea Kun Olam. And it's all about taking care of yourself, repairing yourself before you go out and take care of the world. And Love that. Yeah. It's really I can't even, I'm like, what am, who am I? Where? <laughs> it's also interesting. You guys, I want to pick your brains after this. I'm like, come to the farm. It's oh. interesting to hear you sort of talk about also like hiring people that are neurodivergent. I, I don't, um, Michal, maybe, I don't know if this is your experience as well, but I feel like such a vast majority of people that work in food have some sort of learning disability, um, or, or, you know, differ, differentiator. Uh, and, and the fact that, it, you know, I, I usually think of it as being like in the kitchen. Um, a lot of the people that I went to culinary school with, you know, really like could bear, could, could, or, or couldn't pass high school and had a lot of difficulty with standardized education. I'm incredibly dyslexic. So school for me was like, the worst <laughs> somehow got through it and then did two rounds of college because you know but um like in the book I have a lot of um illustrations in addition to the photos all the photos are like very specific so you can like see how things are cut in the picture so if you're not really good at picking up all of the words there's a bunch of other ways that you can kind of learn and then there's tips on like how to do it in advance if you're the kind of person who gets really overwhelmed when there's like too much stimulation. So it's not a book to like learn how to cook with with neurodivergent, you know, behaviors, but but it it like it is. Um and it's I and I think friendly. that's so cool. Yeah. It's you it's user friendly and it's it's fun, but it's also your personality shows in it, which you have to. Right? Isn't that the differentiator for anything? Is who you are, and it comes out through your words. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, and I think you know it's it's interesting um, just in terms of terminology because we use neurodivergent or diversibility or on the spectrum. It's like we're all on the spectrum, and we all yeah. work differently, and we all. And I love too that you talked about you know your just your own experience because I think education is so much broader than we, the construct that we have of it. And we're all being educated right now, right? We're all learning about something new right now. And I, I just think, 
like the experiential is so important and, and that's when you really dig in literally to, to figure out, you know, how to do something or what you love or that mind, body, soul connection, which is, you know, you can't get just reading a book you get by having a book and using it and doing it. And it's very cool. I, I think one of the things that, well, part of the reason I love doing these conversations is I get to make conversations like this happen. So <laughs> I, I love when I get to connect, connect like minds. But the other part of it is we could, I could have, I have had, I think I did a show like on branding or branding marketing. And I had three different people who did exactly the same thing and talked about it in three different ways. So our experience, our our love, our passion, the reason we do things, that's what makes us different, but it's also what makes it so much more interesting. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay, nodding and smiling is great. Podcast listeners, they are nodding and smiling. <laughs> I just feel like I've been talking too much. Like, yes, me too. Know, I'm like, Nicole, we want to hear from you. I'm sorry I talked over you. No, it's all good. Oh, good. This is so fast. This is, I love this, right? For the same reason. It's, we're learning. It's, it's for me, the, my top signature strength is a love of learning and curiosity. So for me, it's always... I love hearing other people's where they come from and how they approach things. It's so awesome. And I love this. And Nikki, there's a, there's an organization in uh, New Jersey called uh, read autism services, and they have a vertical farm called greens do good. And so they use it as job training and also as a place of employment for people with autism so that they can actually, so they have all sorts of amazing services from the age of three to 21, they have school, and then they have supportive residences and all these incredible services for individuals with autism so that they can thrive and then they can uh, reach their full potential. And it just feels very similar to what you're doing. And it's amazing. Ah, that's awesome. I want to look them up right now. <laughs> I'm happy to connect you. It's, my, it's because it's Autism Awareness Month. My my daughter started a charity where she bakes cookies in exchange for people donating money to a certain uh, nonprofit each month. So this month it's Read, Academy, Read um, Autism Services. And that's why it's like even more front of mind yeah. that, you know, what they're doing. It's amazing. Well, and be sure to send me the link because if you're listening or watching, if you go to thedevmethod.com slash blog, there will be a recap of the conversation along with links. So guess any links that you want me to be sure to include like this one, please send it to me tonight so we can get that information out to everyone. I, I want to give a shout out to our mutual, to Nikki and my mutual friend, Elena Hall, who runs the Miracle Project in LA. And Actually, Elaine's husband, Chef Jeff, as we call him, um, mm. used one of the Shamish Farm spices in a recipe for Roundup I did in December. And I like, I need to interview these people. I mean, because it's so incredible. And you start with circle time and you end with circle time. And for my, uh, when I was leading live goal groups, which I've done for for years, it starts with circle time, you know, 
What are you working on? How can we support you? What goals are you doing for next time? And that's pretty much what you're doing. It's like, okay, where are you going to work today? And let's celebrate all the accomplishments of the day. And, and there's something with that community aspect, that motivation, that joy that I can't imagine. I mean, now how do you leave? How would anybody leave working for the day and not feel amazing? Well, I think that's that's the cool piece. Like I, and it's interesting having been a teacher for a long time. You know, I and I love teaching and I love directing, but I would leave like completely like drained. You know, completely drained. And I might be tired at the end of the day, but I'm like, what? This was amazing. <laughs> like I, I literally feel giddy every day, um, and the looks on the faces of, of, of the farm fellows and their coaches, because they come with coaches, when they leave every day, it's a gift. You know, we do a meditation at the end and we do a breathing exercise and we talk about how it's heart-centered work and the final breath is always, you know, breathe into your heart and all the goodness, all the loving kindness, all the joy, all the compassion that you, you found today in your work, send it out to the world, especially to people who might need it most, you know? And it's just like, it's like you breathe everything from the farm, <laughs> like literally, and then you take whatever you had in your heart with you. It's I don't know if this happens to you, but I feel like sometimes I'll be on set food styling, you know, thinking about the thing that I'm getting paid for. You just look around and you're like, I just laugh. I'm like, how am I making money off of doing this thing that is so ridiculously fun? Yeah. <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> Who did I scam to get this job? Like, I don't know, but okay. Truly. I'll take it. Yeah. Okay. I, I just shared the link that Michelle sent me. It's called Donate Now, D-O-U-G-H-N-A-T-E, uh -huh. now. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is my Talk about leaning into a theme. Yeah. Uh, that's really great. So. Yeah. Before we, we give some goals to the audience, I would love to hear from you all. Uh, how do you nourish yourself other than like the regular ways? I, I love that your favorite hobby is going for coffee, Nikki, by the way. My favorite hobby is Zoom coffee and this. But anyway, <laughs> I digress. Uh, Michal, what, what is your favorite thing to do uh, that you nourish yourself or for nourishment? Uh for nourishment. Well, I love meeting friends for a meal or cooking or having them to my house and, and sharing my love of food um, or spending the day in the kitchen with my husband and my two girls, because we all enjoy spending time in the kitchen. So those things definitely recharge me and going up for dinner in the city because I'm only 18 miles away from New York city. And it, you know, it's like food, Central. So it's discovering new places and new chefs and seeing their, them, you know, and all their passion and all of their pride in what they do really like show and tell a story on a plate. So those are my kind of ways of recharging and nourishing myself. Oh, I love that. I love all the things. <laughs> I have so many other things too. I mean, <laughs> We won't talk about trapezing. Okay. Ooh, Excuse me, say yes that. Yes, we will. <laughs> yes, we will. 
Yes, trapeze. That's, that's also trapeze cute. bomb. Wait, I dropped the trapeze bomb. All right. <laughs> How long have you been doing that? Um, about fifteen years. That's yes. amazing. Yeah. U turn. How do? Uh, how and why does one trapeze? We need more. <laughs> okay. Um, I first did it on a vacation and then found a trapeze school. Literally, it was seven blocks away from my apartment in the city at the time. And so I started going and then I had a baby and then I went back to trapeze to try to lose the baby weight. And that became my weight loss regimen because I couldn't stomach the idea of going to a gym. <laughs> And now, you know, I don't do it that often because now life is very hectic with two uh, teenagers, but uh, I got them into it too. So the the high school freshman who has this amazing charity um, was terrified of heights. And this was the way that I got her to uh, face her fears was by climbing a 40 foot ladder and jumping off and trapezing. Are you like the cool mom? You ha- This has to make you like the coolest mom. <laughs> I don't know. I think like on the outside, it might seem like it. And if you ask my kids, I'm not sure that they would always call me the cool mom. I think like- It's just like trapeze is so random that it doesn't quite fit in that category. You know, it's like you're definitely, I feel like you've got to be the most like intuitive mom, you, you know, who like helps your kids really be your full self. That's what I feel when you when you trapeze. I'm like, that's a woman who knows how to get what she needs. <laughs> cool, I don't know. <laughs> right, I'm not, I don't know where it fits on the cool meter, but it's- trapeze. I think that's the greatest thing that you could put on a resume. And I yeah. do. I conversation always put it on my resume. <laughs> it's always in my uh, okay. bio. Now I have to change the question. Dahash and Nikki, what is something you do that no one else would ever guess in a million years? <laughs> and the conversation is again stopped. <laughs> wow. See, see, I get I I, I went through I, a quiet phase. So I usually tell people that and they, no one can believe that one. So I've got an easy one. Of course I, I was feel a kid. Like I'm, but I'm such an open book. Like I don't uh, I mean, I, I'm so bad. I don't really like, like a few days ago, I wanted to ask people in Target dinner party questions as a promo for the book. And I asked my husband to come with me and he was like, absolutely. I will not go into Target and ask people random questions. I'm the person who I'll like take my suitcase and, and like sit on it and go through the airport, you know, like use it as sort of like, I, I don't know. I, I don't think I have that thing that tells you like, you're not. That's that's a no. <laughs> so I don't think I'm a good person to ask that question to. I think that's fascinating though, because you just reminded me of that, like the segments that Ellen DeGeneres used to do where people would <laughs> send people like to, to Costco or to Starbucks and should they'd have the earbud in their ear and she'd say, Say this, do that. <laughs> that's my favorite thing. And I you probably know as Nikki, as like as, as an actor, like I'm like, oh, you want me to do something weird? Great. <laughs> like, I'll, better, I'll do it. I've done. I've done a lot of weird things. Probably <laughs> things I shouldn't share here in Zoom, but you know, like, okay, ask me. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've done a lot of like 
really different jobs that most people haven't. Like, like I, I worked for an OBGYN office. I, they trained me to be a personal assistant and draw blood when I was in my twenties. I, you know, I worked for an architectural firm. I was a gopher. I, I like, like I've had these, like all these different experiences and lived in all these different places and done all these different things. And then taken a million different trainings. You know, I teach yoga, mindfulness, blah, blah, blah. you know, I could like, <laughs> I don't know. So basically what you're saying is I could drop you into like any episode of any show and you could talk about it. <laughs> I, could. I could. And if I, if I haven't done it, I'll make it up and then go do it. <laughs> Cause I'll Perfect. feel guilty that I lied to you. <laughs> okay. So back to the original question, which is how do you nourish yourself? Nikki. So, so, Coffee and and meals with friends. Going walking, I love to walk. I um, I'm walking on my own, walking with friends, traveling. I I will. I'm when I can. I like. I I love traveling with people, but I love traveling by myself. I mean, I you know, those are the most extraordinary experiences and and meeting cool you know different people. Just stories, people's stories. I find them fascinating. Um, so that's nurturing and. And I'll never say no to a 90-minute massage. <laughs> Me too. Nice. <laughs> and what about you, Tosh? Farmer's markets. Got to go every week or I feel like I forgot something for my soul. Very important. <laughs> uh, rain or shine. Even if it's like, I'll go to farmer, like I'll, I'll visit my, in my in-laws in Boston in the middle of the winter. I'm like, I will find a farmer's market. There might only be four things, but I'll find it. Um, so farmer's markets, my dog. She's my number one nourishment. And honestly, I, my, I, I, I'm obsessed with my therapist. I think she's like the greatest human and, and being in consistent therapy and like really learning why and how you do things and making more conscious decisions is something that I find very nourishing. Nice. And I love, I love the range and the fact that you all mentioned food as part of what nourishes you. <laughs> theme. Right. You can't keep a good theme down. And yes, this it's is like a, you this, had us here for a reason or something. Well, in theory, this is a business podcast. And I think I mentioned earlier, this is now on the marketing podcast network. And when I was talking to the podcast director, I'm like, every now and then I go a little bit off book because the personal is as important as, if not more so than the professionals. So yes, I love to mix it up and I am so enjoying this conversation. Uh, what I would love now for, for each of you is to gift a goal to the audience. So what is something that they could do today, tonight, tomorrow to nourish themselves? And you can take it as literally or as figuratively as you want in gifting a goal. And I'm gonna start with you, Tosh. I have a demand, in fact. Ooh. The demand is get out your phone, text two friends, set up a dinner party. I don't care how busy you are. If it's takeout and a bottle of wine, that is a dinner party. Get it on the books and do it over and over and over and over again. Okay, so we want it to be just general. <laughs> set up a dinner party. Yes. Oh. And how about, and if you want to make it real good, make it weekly. Make it, yeah. I'm like monthly is good for me. Oh, Make really? it monthly. 
Yeah, okay. I don't want to stress people out if they feel like it's too much. You know, Twelve a year, you can't you can't argue with that. Love reasonable goals. <laughs> I'm doing that one. Oh, see, we already have a goal taker here. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> and so, Nikki, what goal would you like to gift? I would really encourage everyone to um, go outside. I know some of us do, but some of us don't. And we forget in the middle of the day to do that and just go outside. And if you can't be in nature, take a breath. Just take a breath of fresh air. Breathe deep. Breathe long. You know, and just have a moment to allow the sun to shine on your face or the rain to fall on you or to feel the snow, to feel the cold, to feel the elements and just really connect with with nature. And so how often should people do this? Probably every day, huh? I would encourage people to do it every day and many times a day if they can. But, you know, I, I know that that's hard. But I, I think, you know, I um, I'm also trained as a creativity coach. So, um, so, you know, one of the things we talked about is when setting goals, right, and making breaking them down into really small steps. But instead of daily, say daily-ish, because... Daily can feel really hard, but we can all ish. <laughs> can I tell you, just, start, just do it one time and then you'll. Yeah. And you never days. know. I mean, and, and sometimes we do have to push ourselves, right? Like we have to be really intentional. I, I go to sometimes if I haven't been going to the gym, I go, I go once and I think, oh, I'm supposed to look amazing and feel great. you know. <laughs> and it's that that's the repetition. But even if you just do it for 10 minutes. You get on that yeah. darn treadmill for 10 minutes or you go for a walk for 10 minutes or you go outside to take one deep breath. You know, chances are you're going to take another deep breath and chances are you're going to stay another 10 minutes and, you know, and, and, and crowding in the good stuff. So when we crowd in the good stuff, the other stuff dissipates, figures its own way out. I love that. I'm keeping it as daily-ish. Because and, and, and this is really funny because it's like a garden story. So uh, back when I led the live the live group, David King, who founded the Learning Garden it, on Venice High School, he was starting a blog and he wanted to call it uh, Daily Something or Other. And I said, no, if you call it Daily, you are immediately um, setting yourself up for trauma. Um, so he <laughs> renamed it the Almost Daily. So daily-ish, almost daily. They both work. And normally I wouldn't do a shout out, but it was garden related. So I kind of had to. Yeah. yeah. So Michal, what goal are you gifting? And I would love for you to say trapezing, but I don't think that's what you So for me, I'm going along the same kind of lines. So, um, so much of the work that I do is around, uh, some people call me the lunch lady because I am the biggest proponent of actually taking lunch. So lunch is that perfect midday time that, that you should take to actually give yourself your body and your brain and your soul a break from your work, whatever your work is. And just to step away if you're at a desk or at a garden or whatever it is that you're doing to step away sit at a table, hopefully with another human being, and just let your brain take, get some air and have a little bubble. Because if you actually take that 20, 30 minutes, if you can take longer, do it. Because like in France, you're not allowed to sit at your desk. 
and have lunch. You can get fined. And you they have it. Really? I'm not kidding. I love that. There's, there's a law in the books. Um, and most people take about an hour to an hour and a half lunch break. Okay, so I'm not, I understand that we're in the US and that's totally not culturally normal. Um, and so just 20 to 30 minutes to actually like take a break, actually mindfully eat your lunch. Don't stare at a screen and think that you're connecting with people because you're on social media um, and shoveling food, but actually sitting there and, and taking those mindful bites, speaking with another person. And again, it, this doesn't have to be daily. <laughs> I mean, if you could do it daily, awesome. If you can build up to a daily routine, fabulous. But start start once and then see if you like it. Hopefully you do. And hopefully it becomes a habit. This is really good. You're, you're saying, I know it's not normal, but this is the trapeze mom who started cooking at five with a step stool in a cookbook. So <laughs> I feel like we have no rules, which is perfect for me for this conversation, which has been absolutely wonderful. Now, before we wrap and before we leave people with a final thought, please tell people where they can find you and learn more about you. Uh, Natasha? Uh, I have a website noshwithtosh.com as he, as Deborah, as Deborah just put up um please, and you know if you want to get more into dinner parties if if you want to practice what we're all preaching here it's called my book is called the dinner party project and it comes out april 18th uh you can buy it anywhere books are sold awesome congratulations it's a fun book i'm very ex i'm excited for you but also for like the other people who get to read it oh, so there I you go people like it and Michal, where so can people I, find you? You can find me. I have a website as well. It's called seasonedmoments.com. You can find me on Instagram at seasonedmoments. Um, and then I also ha I have two cookbooks. So you can find them. They're called Season Moments. Um, and then the two titles, you can find it on Amazon and where, where lovely books are sold. <laughs> awesome. And Nikki, where can people learn more about you? You can, Shemesh to, Farms. you can go to www.shemishfarms, all one word, lowercase.com. And uh, you, it'll tell you all about us. You can shop there. It's a Shopify site. And you can find the email if you need to reach us, me, the farm. And we're on Instagram, too, at Shemesh Farms. Fantastic. And I am at the Deb Method everywhere. And you can go to the devmethod.com slash blog to read the recaps to this and my previous episodes. And if you need a little bit of a, a push, or, you know, I say the push or the pom poms uh, for reaching your goals, you can pick up a copy of your goal guide at your favorite place to buy books. And the other thing I was going to say, what else was I going to say? I was going to say that I love this conversation so much. Um, and that I will have everybody's websites and their LinkedIn's in the recaps as well, because I always find that that's like the best first place to connect with people. I, I, I feel I'm not, I was going to say, I expected to feel hungrier at the end of this conversation. <laughs> um, but instead I will say, I feel it, it's not even that I feel like fulfilled. I feel like really warm because this topic is, it's obviously near and dear to all of us because you can't reach your goals on your own. You need your people, you, but you need to nourish yourself, the mind, body, spirit, so you can keep moving forward. And 
live that life you want. And whether it's the personal goals or professional goals or that combo platter, more food. Um, <laughs> if you are nourishing yourself, you are going to have the energy and the vitality and the joy that goes along with everything. So we've got that. Um, so before we wrap, I would love to gather a final thought from each of you. Uh, Michal, what final thought do you, what do you want people, if they take one thing away from this conversation? One, savor, savor all the moments, right? Whether it's eating with others, you can savor a meal long after it's gone and you can savor a relationship. You can savor a conversation like this one that has left me so sated. Um, and savoring is a really important way to really um, get in touch with gratitude and to really be able to enhance your well-being. I love it. And there's that gratitude word again. It's important. <laughs> it is very important. Uh, so, Nikki, what about you? What final thought? Oh, my gosh. Um, this has been so wonderful. Thank you, everybody. I just I feel great and grateful and um, gratitude is my touchstone. I, I would say, you know, stay open, stay open to what nourishes you and allow what nourishes you to change. Allow, um, allow yourself to find that place of nourishment in your, in your life in whatever way you can, because I think that, you know, what I have been hearing here and, and I think you said, Deb, is we all love what we're doing and, I think it's finding that space where you can, you can love that so that when you, you, your, your, your life is interconnected. Mikhail, did you say that? Did you talk about the integration? Yeah. Work-life integration is, it's like you, we spend so much of our time at work, you know, spend it with gratitude, spend it in joy, spend it in nourishment. So if you can do it, I know it's a luxury. Awesome. And Hosh? I guess I would say there's a lot of things in life that are stressful. And if you can find something that doesn't need to be stressful, don't make it stressful. Food should be fun. Find things that are easy. Do a, do what's in your wheelhouse. Like, don't, don't make it harder than it has to be. I like food should be fun. So I'm just keeping that for the final thought because, and, and right. I would, and I'm with you too. I say it all the time. So my tagline is goal setting simplified because life is challenging enough. The instructions need to be easy. So I made them easy and food, life, whatever nourishes you should be enjoyable and should be run toward with full abandon. So you get everything you need to and want to from that experience. So thank you again so much, Natasha Feldman, Michal Levinson, Nikki Pittman, for this wonderful conversation on nourishment. And if you're listening or watching, we are so glad you're here that you chose yourself and to nourish yourself um, to move forward. So I am live every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific or the AKA The Deb Show. Uh, which you can find on your favorite podcast platform. And again, watch for Taste Buds with Deb coming on May 3rd. We need to have these, these um, obviously, I need more food conversations in my life. So there you go. Whatever <laughs> you do, whatever nourishes you, just keep doing it and enjoy every single moment. Savor 
the moment. Go out there, go for it, because we know you can do it. Thanks for listening to The Deb Show. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Need more inspiration and motivation? Connect with me on LinkedIn, follow at The Deb Method on social media, and check out thedebmethod.com. Best of luck with your goals, and remember, you can do it. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.